0: Hi, and welcome to the Vino Karma Project. I am Amanda Layden, and I am here with the amazing iconoclastic sommelier, Andre Houston Mack. Uh, For those of you who don't know him, I will introduce him in a minute. We are going to talk all things wine, the wine industry, how he got involved in it, and what needs to change in order for there to have true diversity, equity, and representation in the industry. So I hope you have a bottle of his wines with you we will be tasting OPP for all of you uh, hip hop fans and Pinot Noir fans. Um, So without further ado, hi Andre, welcome to Vino Karma. So happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. This is gonna be great.
0: I'm excited. (laughs) Um, So, of course, for those people who don't know you and I don't know who in the wine world wouldn't, but we have people who actually tune in and watch our show and attend our events who are just people that care about world events and also just like you and I are total winos and foodies. So for those of you, for the people who don't know who you are, firstly, um, at the age of 30, which I know you no longer are 30, but you were named.
1: Correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not gonna age you though. You were named the best young sommelier in America by de uh, Des Um At the time, mm-hmm. uh, being named that, and sorry, being, I should have said, the first African-American to win the title, at the time, were you aware of the significance of winning that and what it meant for you in the wine industry?
1: Um, no. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I really know the significance of it now, right? I didn't. You know, it was really funny because, you know, it, it took me a minute to kind of register what he was saying when I was on stage. Um, no, you know, um, I think for me, I was just competing against myself. I just wanted to know if I actually knew any of this stuff right? You know, it was like proof to me, you know, where I felt slight, slightly isolated um, in Texas, just, you know, Texas wasn't this great wine market that it is now uh, back in the early 2000s. And so um, it was just, you know, for me, it was something, you know, something that I needed to prove to myself. It wasn't about proving anything to anybody else, or did I really kind of know the significance of it until, until much later, mm. right? You know, from the th- the thousands of emails that I get now from you know, you know, people wanting to be mentored or, you know, you know, help them get into the business, those kind of things. Or just to say, they're happy that I exist. I think somebody, somebody (laughs) wrote me, a guy from Canada wrote me the other night. And he was like, I just want to say I'm happy that you exist in the world. And I was like, I'm happy that
0: I exist in the world too. Thank you. That's so nice. (laughs) You know, I think the only people or the only person I get that from is my dog. (laughs) Seriously, that's so nice. So I'm going to, I was going to ask you about you getting into the wine trade, but you know, we're at this point, this moment in time, some people might say a watershed moment in American Mm -hmm. history, particularly in America. As we know, there were some horrific things, well, horrific things that have been happening for hundreds of years in America, right. but also, you know, with the murder of George Floyd, um, in, uh, May, you know, things, I think, kind of, I hope to certain swaths of Americans, there was an awakening. And I also saw, especially with, um, some of my um, Black colleagues or Black business owners that people started to kind of stand up and say, Hey, how do we get behind these Black winemakers, these Black tastemakers, these restaurateurs, all of these people that really need our support? Did you notice anything um, after <laughs> kind of that point? And how do you think things have changed?
1: Yes, um, we did. We noticed a lot. You know, I mean, there was an influx of people buying online and those kind of things. You know, so, I mean, you know, to be to speak honestly about it, you know, I you know I felt a certain way about it, right? Because here it was again um, that I was being singled out for the color of my skin, whether it be good or bad. You know, I think for me it was you know that as a real artist, I think we want to be judged on the merit of our work, and you know, so I you know it was it was a little a little struggle for me at the beginning, but you know, mm. I, I felt I felt to look at it, as, I I started to look at it as. This is, I get a chance to show people why I am great. Why I do think that, I, that I'm great and why I have made a mark on the wine industry. I have an opportunity that I have new people in front of me. I get, I get the chance to show them why, um, why I think that, you know, what our company does is great and what sets us apart from everybody else uh, and not just the way that I look, right? Mm.
0: <laughs> so you've been honing your craft of wine making, right? Since what, 2003?
1: Uh, no, I started making wine in 2007.
0: Oh sorry, 2007. Yeah. Um, as you've honed your craft, what are those things you've noticed about that uniqueness that you bring to the market with your wines or you know as I think about winemakers, they're all kind of crazy artists that, like that put their stamp onto something in the mm-hmm. world and really hope that people are like, whoa, this is my legacy, this is my thing and I want people to experience this um, in the way that you see the wine. So how has your craft changed since you put your first wines out in 2007?
1: Uh, I think, I think we've get, we've get, we've gotten better every single year. Right. You know, sometimes I go back and taste some of the early wines and I'm like, my fans were very kind to me. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think, I think over the years, as you had to have more vintages underneath your belt, you know, you know, you feel a little bit more confident. Whereas before I didn't really have anything to go off of like, say year one or year two. And then as the weather trend started to change that kind of threw in a, you know, a screwball into the. You know into into the mix and so i feel like you know on the winemaking side i think we've gotten you know very very confident um in the style in our decisions that we make whether they're from you know from growing their growing side or the vinification side um and so you know and and over the years i think i've, I've learned to let go I've, I've just continued to be myself right i think mm. it's easy it's easier that way you know when you when i work for thomas keller You know, I had to. I could. I could be myself, but you know, with under the guidelines of Thomas Keller, and you know, you know. So you had to remember things about about another person's life, the owner's life, than than myself. And so I think Mm. for me, it's just been a little bit. You know, that you know, it's just it's just easier, right? It's just Mm -hmm. you know, you just get up and you do your thing, and and I feel like you know, I represent um, you know a subculture of wine, right? Where it's in this weird thing where we. Served the best. We weren't buying the best wines or dining at some of the best restaurants all the time, um, but we 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 got we've gotten to to eat at some of the great ones, and but we're the people. But we're the people, you know, who are, you know, who are, who are custodians of 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 serving wine, and so there's a subculture to that. And I feel like at least for me, I'm so into it that I see the world. You know, we had a saying. You know, you know, working for Thomas. Um, you know, you want to work to impress the people that you work side-by-side with any guest that walks through the front door is blown away. And, um, you know, and that's kind of, you know, really how I've, you know, approached, you know, everything that I've done. Um, I think sometimes I might be a little bit ahead of my time. Um, but you know, I think for, for me, it was just more about being casual, presenting the wines for what they are.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. I I know, you know, when I started in the wine trade, it felt like, it was such an elitist thing you know if you weren't um of a certain echelon or caliber if you hadn't tasted all the first growths or you know you hadn't been to certain places it Didn't feel very approachable. And what I love about your wines, uh, not only the homage to some of the hip hop, but uh, what I love Love about your wines is the approachability and um, just the like people recognize them because you've been so thoughtful in your approach to how you brand. Can you share with us a little bit more about your inspiration behind the brand you're bringing to the market? Um, And yeah, just I mean how you get your inspiration. Got it.
1: Got it. Um, it's not magical or, or anything <laughs> like that. I hate to like you know deflate anyone's bubble about it. You know, um, I you know when I grew up as a kid, you know, supermarkets hadn't really discovered branding on their own, and you know, and you know, instead of like now you have like Shady Oaks butter, or, or you know, they have some mystical thing that they've created. Uh, back when I was a kid, you know, you had what's called the generic aisle. And, um, you know, so you would walk down this aisle, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. You would go down this aisle and everything was packaged in white, right? So like you would, you know, my mom, when we do big shops, we would go to the grocery store, we would go down every single aisle. And so like you go down an aisle and it's like all of these colors and things everywhere, um, you know, kind of like a mosaic. And then you would turn the corner and hit the generic aisle and it's like, whoop. And, you know, it was so bright and so stark. Everything was packaged white and white packaging. And like with Hell font, Cafant, you know, it was black, you know, so it'd say, you know, you'd have cans of beer and it would just be white cans and on the front it would just say beer or it would say <laughs> potato chips. And there was just something about that, you know, I always remember that. And, um, and I always just thought the Juxtaposition was like just interesting and to me and style wise. And so um, when I came up with, with the whole idea, it was just like, hey, you know, the original name of the company was called Mouton Noir, um, which translates to black sheep um and figuratively you know there wasn't there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me that did what I did so like you know you know looking on the outside looking just looking on the surface you're like oh okay this is you know I get that part but also I just did things differently than people in the wine business especially people at that level the way I talked about wine how I presented wine how I explained wine those things were very different you know the staff was always like so where are you from? You know what I mean? There are, you know, but they got it. They loved it. They understood, you know, the delivery and how I did those things. And, you know, from and that's always what bit what Mutan Noir has been about, right? Being a black sheep, we've all felt out of place. We've all felt like outcasts. Um, but ultimately we should embrace what makes us different, you know, our mm. quirks yeah. and all of those things, you know, even some of our insecurities, because that's what makes us, you know, that's what makes us different. That's what makes us stand out. You know, there's that quote where they say, you know, they all laugh at me because I'm different. And I laugh at them because they're all the same. <laughs> and, and you know, and so that, you know, so my thing is embrace what makes you different to help you, you know, help you propel you to success. And, you know, it, it it's designed to look like nothing really went into the the labeling, right? It's like, you know what I mean? It was like, some people might've thought we tried hard, but it, it really wasn't, you know, it just seemed very clean. And, and this is it, it's supposed to look like my kid designed it, right? <laughs> you know, so it's it, the, the whole idea that it has this playfulness to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, who knew that you know, at a very young age, you'd get inspiration to create this powerful brand just by walking <laughs> up and down. <laughs> and who knows, you yep. know, you could be like starting a resurgence of the generic aisle. Like in the future, future of food and beverage, all of a sudden yep. we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have that coming back when robots are like feeding us our food and things. Um, yes. <laughs> Is there anything that you still encounter today around, you know, we we kind of spoke about this elitism and bringing wine, like talking about wine in a way that's accessible to the end consumer, but is there anything that you still experience today around stereotyping or things that you just wish would go away in this industry altogether? Oh, you know, I
1: think there's, you know, there's kind of a lot of things, you know, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm a little older, right? I've been in it for a minute. So like, you know, I'm not jaded about it. I kind of let most of it roll off my back you know it's like hard to like now I'm like thinking like what is it what is it what is you know there's always I feel like it's always going to be clickish. it's always going to have some pretense to it just because of you know you know you can only you know you get one chance once once a year to make it you know so you know it is elitist in that way there's not a lot of it made compared to like, it's not man-made you know so I like I think you're going to see that and you know and what what I've seen now is you know there's different things that kind of branch off so you look at something like you know the natural wine thing is a, is a, it, to me is just another form of elitism in a way uh, but you know but that's what attracts other people to wine you know uh, you know in a funny way you know some people are attracted to the elitism in wine right you know what I mean like if this you know there's some people with that you know I think um, I don't you know I don't have any like pet peeves that I think that will go away I mean you know it looks like scores and those things will be here you know Mm -hmm. we don't submit our wines for scores because I just don't believe in it why do I why would I turn my power over to someone else when I'm gonna let the people decide
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: so you know and the fact of it is I mean shit I taste just as much wine as they do as the critics why why would why wouldn't I you know what I mean so media and vintage I think it sometimes it's like you know scores like oh hey this wine got this score it doesn't doesn't mean that you can't drink it right away you know part of that score means longevity right you know mm-hmm. will it will it be a great wine over you know the course of its life kind of thing um, but you know I, I, I don't you know I feel like whatever challenges or things that I've saw before like it doesn't it did like it doesn't apply to me anymore right? you know what I mean I just show up Right? You know, someone's like, oh, wow, like, you don't look like any winemaker who I ever met. And I was like, oh, you think? And then <laughs> and then it's like, well, you know, you're wearing earrings and you know, have tennis shoes on. And, you know, I get that, right? You know, um, you know, I just really want my work to be judged for what it is. And I understand that, you know, you know, you people say, well, what co- what difference does it make? What color the person is that makes my wine? And it's like, you're right. You're absolutely right. It doesn't make a difference. Right. But, Every time I show up, you know, I challenge the status quo, put in their mouth. They're not, they're just not used to seeing, you know, someone who looks like me in that, in that position, Uh, which I, you know, I get, I understand that. And, you know, I understand that, like, hopefully that, you know, that I'm making it easier for people, you know, you know, that, you know, that, you know, after me, right.
0: So in this, in this modern era where we have consumers really leveraging buying power more and this, kind of cancel culture in our society. Do you see that being um, having an effect on some of the larger wine companies as consumers are starting to trace like the history of where their wine comes from? Do you see that changing the way in which the buyer actually exercises their dollars? Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, it's happening across the board. In, in every industry in the wine industry is is no different. I feel like you'll start to see that more and more. And like I said, you, you're seeing that now with the kind of changing of the guard as you start to get younger and newer people into these um, into these gatekeeper positions where you're like, you know, like if you're not organic, you're not we're not messing with you. Right. You know, this has got, you know, this has got mega purple thirteen in it, you know, we're not we're not messing with you, right? Like this you know, this whole idea, and I think, you know, and I think the big companies know that at some point, you know, there there, there has to be some pivot or shift, you know, that's why, that's why the cycle goes right, that's why they end up buying the the newer, hotter, smaller companies, right, and adding them to their portfolio, right, just, you know, that that's, you know, that's kind of how it always works, right, yeah, um, but yeah, you know, so you, you definitely see a lot of that, I mean, I don't know, Constellation is, you know, is always buying somebody.
0: So, what do you think? I mean, you you paved the way for some um, African American or North Black Psalms in America to also see and you know potential or possibility for them to step in and work for a Thomas Keller or any of the other really um, well-known restaurants in America. You've also paved the way for some up-and-coming winemakers. Um, what do you think needs to happen, or is there something you can point to, one or two actions that you think organizations, companies, wineries? winemakers need to take in order to move closer to equity and representation across the board? Um, you know, um, I, I think,
1: you know, it's just inclusion, right? Like, I mean, I, so for me, there's, there's a lot of moving parts to that. I think that there just wasn't enough people, you know, of, of, of color wanting those jobs, but also like, if you don't see anybody that looks like you, you don't even ask, like, you just think that it's not for you. Right. And, um, and also I just think that like, it's, celebrate those people that are already there right right in that sense that like you have more awareness like the problem is is that most of most people don't know what it is you know my mom was like so what you do baby huh you get you you some 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 a some something what what are you like what do you do so wait a minute so you get paid and you drink the wine and you're getting (laughs) paid and, and she's like so you're selling all your stuff (laughs) <laughs> to move to California to work at some restaurant like, that she had never heard of. Like, I, I think for a lot of us, it's just not that we just don't, we just didn't have enough information. We don't even know that those jobs existed. And even, even if we did, we just didn't know that if they were for us. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, I, I think just having having more, just people knowing that those options. And also like, you know, the industry of the establishment going out of their way, right, like diversity does everyone, You know better right like in that sense of like going out of your way to seek those people um it's easy to stand by to say well what do you mean i would hire them if they came right but but, but you know so it's like the thing is like well they don't they don't know that right and like to make an effort to court them i think you know makes makes a little bit of sense but you know i i I think everybody's kind of on the right track we talk about what happened you know what's been happening you know there's lots of you know um you know initiatives out scholarships. There's all these these funds and different things, and you know some big companies getting behind it. You know, um, Wine Spectator just you know donated you know a big lump of money to uh, the Roots Foundation, uh, and I just you know it's a really great thing to see, um, and you know I think it gives it gives hope to a lot of the people who want to break in the industry, and even for those people who don't know that they even want to be in the industry, you know it just it just now that you know oh wow like. I see somebody who looks like they're pouring wine in a restaurant. What's that about, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Um, so I think it's I think I mean we've made huge steps now. I think now it's just like the follow through.
0: Right? Yeah. You know, I
1: don't I don't know how many I don't know how many committees people ask me to sit on to be on their board and, and to all the, all those things for these 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 groups and things that they were um, were starting. Um, you know, and I think now it's just the follow through. It's like you know, there's always a lot at the beginning. Some start to fall out, but look, you know, it will be interesting to see, you know, I think everybody's intentions are great. It's just, you know, now, you know, can, can, can they execute?
0: So there's a couple of other things I want to ask you. And then I know we need to keep tasting your wine. Um, How do you think, I know you also own, um, can you actually share about the restaurant that you, and I think you and your wife own, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can you, can you share a little bit about that? And how have you been, um, coping during the pandemic. And what do you think yeah. is gonna happen next? <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, I, um, me and my wife met at Per Se. And so, you know, um, you know the restaurant world kind of gave me a lot. And, um, you know- Not I in four off. babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, and so we were just like, you know, I wanted to, I always kind of wanted to be a part of the New York City restaurant scene. Uh, you know, and that was always a, a, a thing, you know, that I talked about. Um, but, you know, I turned my attention to, um, to Maison Noir wines and for the last 13 years, you know, we've been all over the world, um, you know, selling wine, talking about wine. Um, and I think uh, summer of 2016, we moved to uh, Lyon in France for the summer. And, you know, I was just, you know, just the food culture there, just, you know, I just really kind of fell back in love with it. And when we moved back to New York, um, you know, our neighborhood here in Brooklyn is, is changing um, and, you know, I, you know, and I was talking to my wife, I was like, how do we contribute to this changing narrative in our, mm. in our neighborhood, you know, how to, you know, and this is, you know, this is what we know how to do. These are our skills, right? Um, you know, and what better way to get to know your neighbors in your neighborhood than to feed them? Um, so I was like, hey, you know what? I want to open a little wine bar, um, you know, so the smaller, the better. So we, we found a little cute little spot that's about 400 square feet, uh, 200, 200 seats, uh, and the idea was, you know, for me was just like kind of this, you know, celebration of American food heritage, right? Like, you know, and, and, and you know, not that I'm on like this nationalist kick, you know, it's, you know, it's more like when you go to Italy, you know, and you go to an Italian restaurant, there, there's no wines from France on that list, right? There's no, there's no food from any other place there, you know, and that's what I thought was interesting. And if you ask them, they make the best of whatever they're giving you. No, Italy makes mm-hmm. the best, right? You know what I mean. Or this guy from Spain says, "No, Spain is Spain is the best." Are you Ukraine, you know. So you know, we don't really have that in, in food, so to speak. And you know, you know, as a, you know, American restaurants, you know, are always considered that they have to have an international wine list. And I was like, okay, this. So I had this idea. You know, I love you know hamon, and so basically we started you know a ham bar. It's called Anson's Ham Bar, and it is you know American charcuterie, uh, American cheese. Um, and then um, all American wine list that all back to the fifties, right? So we have old, all these old great wines, all American, uh, in this little twenty seat place in the little 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 quaint little neighborhood here in Brooklyn. And you know, so for me it was just like I wanted to be a part of that. Signed the lease in two thousand and seventeen at the beginning, and you know, and just kind of, you know, it took forever. I think we opened the doors January sixteenth, two thousand and twenty. And we had a tremendous two and a half month run uh, before we had to shut down t- to COVID. Um, it, was, it was amazing, it was amazing. Everybody showed up, it was great. We were Esquire, one of Esquire's best new bars in America. Um, but it, you know, it just, you know, and then everything came to a screeching halt. Um, you know, so the travel, everything, you know, I used to get on the plane almost every single week uh, for the last 10 years. Uh, you know, all of that kind of came to a halt and, um, and we just had to be, you know, um, fortunately enough, when I signed the lease in 2017, I also signed a lease for the space next door to the, to the handbar, Um, and that's called Son's buttery. And, um, uh, we had always envisioned it, that it would be a provision store where you can buy all the things that we have at the bar and, and recreate them at your house if you choose to. Um, and so COVID happened and, uh, you know, I, which, you know, I feel like was a a good thing for for us in that business because, you know, we just fast tracked, Mm -hmm. you know, the buttery and uh, Mm -hmm. we ended up opening that right around April. Uh, And then probably around in September, we opened it to the public slowly and surely. Um, And so, you know, that, you know, all that kind of happened. And then, you know, I kind of been, you know, bored a little bit and uh, we bought a, me and my wife bought a wine shop, uh, pre existing wine shop back in April of 2019. So before COVID. So on the same street we have a wine shop. Uh, I'm currently in our, our our bakery space that should open sometime in the spring. Uh, so this will just be our little bread bakery here. We just kind of keep busy,
0: so and I, I'd... keep
1: things moving
0: so cool and I love your level of boredom because other people when they're bored they like knit or something you're like I'm gonna open up a bakery I'm gonna have this wine shop yep. like that's also probably why you have four kids I don't know yes. <laughs>
1: no totally
0: so. uh, anything else people need to be aware of like what's next anything else coming out of that amazing brain and creativity of yours
1: uh you know we I've always tried to keep some fun projects creatively around, um, in 2014, I did the world's first culinary coloring book slash activity book uh, called Small Time Cooks. Uh, 2019, uh, I had a book come out called 99 Bottles of Black Shoes to I to
0: saw ones. number uh-huh. four. Yeah. I saw number four, which is one of my favorites as well, which is, sh- <laughs> which is Sherry. <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. So um, yeah, we try to create creative. You know, I created a couple of like little wine video games for your phone. Um, You know, we just try to keep it, try to keep it fresh. Uh, You know, I, I, I'm doing some TV. So, you know, I'm working on a couple of shows and, um, you know, just trying to keep it fun and and entertaining and interesting.
0: Is sleep on your horizon for 2021 (laughs) or. Well, yeah, so I'm getting, I'm getting a little sleep. It's not, you
1: know, it's like, uh, I think now it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I got a little bit more people on my team, so I feel like we can get a lot more accomplished. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun to kind of create and to see opportunity. And, you know, I mean, I was watching this thing on TV where the guy says, you know, um, you know, during the pandemic, there's been more bread making than baby making. And I was like, I probably should open a bakery. (laughs) And, 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 you know, thus, you know, I bought the ovens. I think I probably had one too many glasses of wine and i bought the ovens one night we didn't even have a we didn't have a, we didn't even have a place to put anything yet um but uh, yeah it's 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 been fun to, to still be able to create and i think that that keeps it fresh uh, that's incredible well now.
0: i can't, i can't wait till the world opens up and i can come and visit you at your space yeah. out there and try all the wars Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I mean, my husband's family is from the New York, New Jersey area, so we go there frequently, so I can't wait. Um, (laughs) Before we taste your wine, is there anybody you're watching right now, like an up-and-coming winemaker, um, distiller, uh, brewer, chef, anybody that we should be watching that should be on our radars? Obviously not giving the secret away too much that we don't want everybody buying out (laughs) their wines or their, (laughs) but anybody we should be supporting.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's tons of great people out there, like I think, and it's so funny, because on my radar, they've been on there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right? You know what I mean? But um, there's lots of like, great stuff. And you know, I think, um, it's like, wine wise, I mean, there's so many different people. Um, I'm really big fan of uh, the wines called Habit Wines. My friend, uh, Jeff Fisher's been making some really great wines, just so happens to be... um, one of the uh, characters on American Dad he's the voice of one of the characters on American Dad, uh, so he's making some really great wines out of Santa Barbara. I mean, there's Raj Parr. You know, lots of people in the wine business know him. Um, chef-wise, man, you know, I, I, you know, haven't haven't really been eating out anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, and it's kind of one of those interesting things too. You know, I'm I'm interested to see where, um, you know where where restaurants go from here, right? Me like too. the fact that now that everybody like now it seems like in order to be a restaurateur you also have have to have a product too. Right. So you see someone like David Chang making you know sauces and you know everybody, you know, one of our you know my favorite thing right now is this chili crisp that Connie Chung Chang is making. Um, called Milou, you know, she has a restaurant to open up in the pandemic uh, on, uh, on Broadway, on, on Park Avenue. And, you know, and then, you know, you know, she's makes, you know, she's got like a, you know, sauce and a, and a chili crisp. And, you know, it's just interesting, like all of these things that people are, are coming out with and, you know, and the, and the shift and the pivot, you know, does owning a wine shop and owning a, um, some type of provision or grocery store, now become part of the repertoire yeah. of a of a restaurant tour, right? You know, does does actually does a hotel become part of that, right? Or some type of you know Airbnb thing come along with that? Um, so I'm I'm super excited about that. You know, I always you know I don't know if you got anybody. I love Liz Lambert. Um, she's a hotelier in Dallas, uh, in in Austin, and she's opening uh, a new uh, hotel in um, in New Orleans. You know it's, it's like, you, know, so you know, it's like, you know, you know, it's like lots of people doing like really cool stuff. And, you know, on the food aspect, you know, it just, it's all interesting too, as, as the ghost kitchen arrives mm-hmm. and what that, and what, and what that means, um, you know, you know, do big name chefs get on that horse and, and, and do something, you know, I'm always fascinated with what Sean Brock is doing, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, with, you know, Joyland, which is like his recreation of fast food. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, Audrey, his new restaurant opening, you know, there's so many people I can talk about, you know, my friend <laughs> Carl in Nashville that, you know, his Biscuit Love Place, you know, I just, you know, I, I think, you know, we are, you know, we have been for the last 10 years living in, you know, in, in a great food place, a food culture here in America, um, you know, that's, that's unprecedented. Um you know, and, you know, food IQ, most Americans, you know, they're really into food and, um, and have a better understanding. You know, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good time to be around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you ready to try your wine?
1: Of course. (laughs) Of course. We're we're
0: trying this right. We're trying.
1: Yep. So we have other people's Pinot. Uh, this is my interpretation of everyday drinking Willamette Valley Pinot Noir. Uh, so kind of the best of both worlds, right? This is, um, you know, it has that uh, fruit that you associate with California uh, that meets the Tawar, you know, the Tawar tasting the land of the old world. Uh, and it meets in this really glorious place called the Volando Valley. Uh, and each year it's, you know, kind of my job to kind of try to collect and harness that and put it in a bottle. Um, so this is, you know, when I say quintessential, this is high toned red cherry fruit, cranberry, um, this little bit of like, like earthiness, little bit of mushroom Um, I always get like a little bit of ginger, Mm. um, but it's 19, 2019 was considered, you know, I I considered it wanting to be returned to some of the cooler vintages, especially if we're looking at 14, 15 and 16, um, 19, you know, tends to be, you know, not, wasn't overly hot. Um, but you do get ripe fruit. You know, this is, um, yeah, this smells amazing today.
0: Pinot Noir is one of my favorite grape varieties still to this day. It's, trying a Pinot Noir was one of the reasons why I actually got into the wine trade. You know how you talk about, Mm -hmm. well, yours is the 99 bottles, but like you talk Mm -hmm. about there's this one or two bottles of wine that you just, you can't get out of your memory. And Pinot, it was, Mm -hmm. mine was in Nuit Saint-Georges, but it was Mm -hmm. um, in a very, it it was actually, I tried it in at 30,000 feet. because I was in a plane, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, it's Pinot Noir is just like, every time I, T- smell a Pinot Noir. It, it brings me back to that memory, even though I know it's not the same terroir, correct, um, but correct. it also, I just, I want to jump into the glass. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I love, as you're explaining it, like I can smell, I, I like wish people at home, well, actually people at home, you should just go out and get this wine, um, <laughs> But <laughs> try the wine and, and like rewind as Andre's talking about it and yep. smell everything that um, you're smelling and tasting. Cause I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, it's got like this lovely perfume to it. Um, And what I really love about Pinot Noir too is that, you know, that it it evolves, right. You know, you know, I like to call it this thinking man's grape that he, it evolves. It's not just one dimensional. So, you know, you can, every time you come back to the glass, you know, you know, over the, over the time that it's in the, you know, in your glass or in the bottle, you know, it changes, like you pick up on something different, right. You know, so, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of white flower. there's a little bit of floral component to it. Um on the palate, there's you know a little bit of minerality, but like also it's really got great acidity, mm-hmm. right? So you accentuate acid on the sides of your tongue. So if they start to tingle, you know, that means the wine you know has some acid to
0: it. What um of of the provisions you have, what um what meat would you pair with it and or what dish would you would you eat with this right now?
1: Mm-hmm. Um one of my favorite is this uh, Lady Edison country ham. Uh, so Lady Edison, Rufus Brown, one of the farmers down there. Uh, they take you know, um, uh, North Carolina hogs, uh, and I mean, it's just you know, just it's just beautiful. Thinly sliced, um, very much in the same. But you know, when you think about country ham traditionally, you know, it was kind of hacked off and it was served thick. Yeah. Really salty. Put it in a frying pan. would make red eye gravy with it to kind of you know kind of pare down some of the saltiness. You know, and I always started to think about like well, wait a minute, this, didn't, this is just like prosciutto. Like, why are we, you, like, it would be sacrilege for you to hack a piece of prosciutto off like that thick. And, you know, I started to think, you know, it's always, you know, in those terms, you're like, someone's like, first time I ever had polenta and they're like, it's called polenta. And I'm like, it's like, shit, this is grits. These are grits, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, you know what I mean? So, and it's always interesting. It was like, it was always when when it was from somewhere else it, you know, it was fancy or it had it was held in high esteem, but you're like, oh, no, this is country ham. This, this is the same thing. You know, maybe some of them introduce smoke. This has, Lady Edison has no smoke and that's why I like to have it with Pinot Noir. So, you know, the, the smoky mist can kind of interfere with that. But, and then the idea was like, no, I'm going to take country ham and I'm going to slice it and take care of it as one would do Pata Negra, you know, Iberico, Serrano, uh, you know, prosciutto, prosciutto and daniele all of those things. That, mm. um, and so you really start to see that. And So, so that's one of my favorite ones right now uh, is, is Lady Edison. So it's kind of got like this funk to it as well. You know, kind of like, like mushroomy. I you love know, it. It's, it doesn't have the sweet smell of smoke, mm-hmm. um, but that's one of my favorite things to pair with it right now. Um, dish-wise, um, actually, but, you know, we actually use this particular ham in that dish. We, we had this persimmon dish that we did. Uh, so it was basically a few persimmons um, um, it was, uh, burrata cheese, Ooh. uh, mint, uh, a little olive oil, cracked black pepper, uh, and then with cut a little bit of country ham on it.
0: You're talking my love awesome. language here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We call <laughs> it our, you know, that's our, our ham, and, you know, it's our ham and fruit plate, um, that we did. And, um, you know, so that was, that was really great. So that's what dish I would pair it with.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like this is such a treat to speak to you and such a treat to hear your perspective and it's so um, uh, inspirational I think for you know those of us who love this industry so much those of us who want to pick out an amazing bottle of wine um, those of us who want to like start jumping further into like pairing of food and wine and you make it so approachable and accessible and for that we thank you. Is there thank anything you. else I haven't asked you? Um, or any tips you would give to anybody coming into the trade that you want to share today? Um, or just anything in general, that, like dropping a knowledge bomb. I also feel like, I should have said this before, I really think that we should we should play naughty by nature every time we're drinking this <laughs> wine. Um, <laughs> um, hip-hop and R&B and wine are like my favorite <laughs> things. So <laughs> that mixed yeah, with like... A- Cheese and ham. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, it's the best. It's totally the best. Yeah. We used to have a restaurant that I didn't think that they knew who I was. And, and so I would come in, I, I went in like three times before I realized that like, Either they're having the same playlist on or they're fucking with me. So they would, turn, you know, and, and and it was the latter, right? They were like, oh no, we were like trying to send you a message that we knew you were here uh, by playing, you know, playing the music. And so I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. You, could you know, just, I
0: think for... You, you, I was I was thinking too, like, for people who are too young to know what this song yeah. is and what this song means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, kids, you may not want to be Googling what <laughs> not even... <laughs>
1: It's great. Yeah, you know they they become they become friends. You know I've i met with them. We sponsored their twenty fifth anniversary party, uh, and so uh, that was that was pretty cool. That's uh, awesome.
0: You know, I
1: think I think my nugget for most people is is that you want to get in this industry. I think the best thing to do is is to roll up your sleeves and and dive right in. Um, nothing nothing's more attractive than free, uh, and so you know I think from me. You know, I I had more time than I had money and the fact that like anything that I wanted to do, I, you know, I would just offer to help, Um, you know, so whether that, you know, I I remember I didn't have any fine dining experience in a fine dining restaurant in in my town, you know, I basically said I have one day off, I have a Tuesday off, I, I, you know, I just, I would, I would come and wash the dishes. I would come and take out the trash just being a part of the culture getting a peek in the inside to understand whether or not you like it or not um you know and I, I have to say that most people in this industry you know they're they're pretty inviting right like they love to talk about what they do you know um they love to share with you their passions and you know you can really pick up on their enthusiasm so the idea of like someone saying hey you know can i just come count inventory with you one day like that gives you an insight track on whether you want it and you know you know I think some p- time people look too far ahead and say well you know I'm stuck here in you know Missouri and I don't think you know I, I don't want to really move to California I'm not sure every state has a winery that produces wine go work there go work there mm-hmm. for free go work a harvest right like roll your sleeves up and get in that's the only way you're going to do it it's not about you know it all all those things will pay off in the end go and get some experience like most wineries pretty much work in the same way. Be familiar with more of the equipment, right? Those kind of things, you know, it's that approach. Like, it's like, well, when are we, you're not gonna start tasting wine, right? But you know what I mean? Like you have to do, learn all these other things first. And so my thing is with anybody who really wants to be in the business, get up in there. And when I was in the business, like when I first started, you know, I called, you know, every, all the top restaurants in America and asked me, you know, I asked them, could they email me their wine list? Some of them, they're like, email you? They fax. somebody faxed their wine list over to me in 2000. So this is like 2001, right? Like the, informa- the amount of information that's available to people uh, is, is incredible. Uh, the amount of these kind of talks, uh, even, you know, there's a huge spike during COVID, right? There's all of these things that allow you to, you know, to increase your knowledge base. Um, you can reach out to anybody any everybody's you can touch anybody through social media now whether they respond to you it's not you know that's the other thing but you that opportunity you know is there um you know and I think you know you, you stop taking shit for granted and realize that this is not your practice life uh, yeah. and if you want to change then you can change but also like you know make it a side hustle To what's not, you know, this company was a side hustle. You know, I try to tell people that I wanted to be a real company. And I started out being a company, but at some point it became a side hustle. And, you know, I had to work on it, you know, after, after my other job, before my other job um, and those things to actually get where I could stand on my own two feet. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of people need to realize that like everybody thinks that it's like okay, I, I make a business plan, I get all this stuff together and, and and I build it and it looks like this and it's like, it's not, you know? I mean, the French Laundry was, voted the best restaurant in the world and where we kept the priceless bottles of champagne were in the refrigerator in the chef's garage on a rusty, you know, rusty like, you know, shelf in there. Right, you know? Are, like, they, are all- they
0: still no. there, Andre? No. I'm just kidding, you know, they, like, they're, note they're
1: to self. <laughs> A ten million. They did a ten million dollar renovation. So kitchen. They got a new kitchen. So I think everything is new and pristine. But like you know, I say that for people is that everybody thinks that they need to get this. All right, mm-hmm. oh, if I only had this or I had that, start. You know, just just start. You know, start. You know, someone's like, ah, you know, I really want to do this. Have you written the business plan? No. Tell me what it would look like. No. Like you haven't like. Do you have the website domain? No. Like. Every, all of those things are little building blocks that like, that, you know, that you can feed off of like, okay, I got the domain name, I'm working on the website, I have these things. I think for me, I learned all of those things. So I could so I didn't have to wait and rely on anybody else. Mm. That's why I learned, I taught myself graphic design, right? I can, I can work pretty well on a website, at least to get things. Now I'm at a point where I just don't have the time to do it, right? I'm busy doing other things that to, to drive the train, right? Um, you know, so I don't get to do those things as much, but at the beginning, I've done them. Right. And, you know, I just think for people get out there, you live, we live in this world now where everything's accessible. You can learn remotely, you know, it's kind of more of the apprenticeship model. Um, but it's, it's there. It's, it's, it's there. It's totally there. Like, Hey, look, you know, people who weren't comfortable with video are now comfortable with video, right? Because of COVID, like you don't need, and all of it's practice. Yeah. Right. This is, this is, this is all practice. You just, you ultimately, the more you do it, the better you're going to become at it. That, you know, you can host your own show. You can, you know, you can do all of these things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I mean, for my kids, I'm just like I, like, I know me as a person. I would be losing my mind if I had all of this stuff at my disposal. I mean, you can make a movie on this. right, right. <laughs>
0: <Like, laughs> Um well I just, I want to honor your time um and know that um because of your empire you have that you're extremely busy and I do hope that you have somebody that's baking your bread for you so that you don't have to do it. No no <laughs> baking
1: bread for me. Nope. nope. We have somebody. Um,
0: but I really appreciate you and appreciate your insight and I know that everybody that's going to see this will get a lot of value out of our conversation and so um For people, again, it's the Maison Noir wines. Find them in your local city, your local state. So go out and support André Mack. And thank you very much. Um, Cheers to you and to everything you do. And I can't wait to see what's next. And I will see you in Brooklyn.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'll be here.